0: One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. I want to share something on my heart uh, this morning with all of you as we're together this morning. And, you know, normally at Thanksgiving time, the week of Thanksgiving, normally I, I talk about the value of being thankful. And it is an important thing that we remember at this time just to stop and and remember being thankful. And I I really want to encourage all of us to do that. But this week, I felt like the Lord um, just put something else on my heart. And that's not the need to be thankful. But I want to share with you today something that I'm thankful for uh, something that I'm, I've become increasingly grateful for and something that is so meaningful to me, I hope it is to you as well. And, and the thing that I want to talk about today that I'm so thankful for is this, it, it is this, this gathering, getting together. I know you're like, this, what are you talking about? This, Justin, this. Everybody look around the room. Everybody look at, look at your neighbor and, and say, you are this. We're all this, okay? Uh, this gathering, this gathering. And, and I really wanted to talk about that this morning um, because I, I think that in this season that we're in, it can be easy to forget the value of gathering, the value of getting together. And, and again, I'm going to be mindful of the time, but I just want to read this scripture this morning out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and it's not on the screens, you don't have to look it up, but 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 17 says this, now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you. This is Paul talking to the church in Corinth. He says, I'm not, this isn't a letter of praise and commendation. He says, it's a letter of correction, since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. For there must be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. He's saying, when you come together, uh, you're not actually together. You may be together in the same place, but but it's there's not a quality of oneness in your togetherness. You're actually divided when you come together. He says this, therefore, when you come together in one place, is it not to eat the Lord, or it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. He's saying, you don't get together to eat the Lord's Supper. He says, for in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one another another is hungry, and, and, and one is hungry, and another is drunk. Did you catch that? So, he's saying, you're getting together, but you're not eating the Lord's Supper together. One of you is hungry. Meanwhile, other ones are on their third plate. I'm not saying anybody here today. I'm just saying that's what Paul's saying. And then he's saying, some of, some of you are actually drunk. Is some of that, what was that eggnog called, Bill? coquito. He says, some of you have gone wild with the coquito. You're drunk. That's a lot of coquito. In the Lord's, in in the Lord's Supper, he says, what? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God and shame those things, uh, those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. Now, Paul, after that, goes on Uh, to give some really important instruction that we're going to look at. But what Paul is saying, I I want you to notice, in these few verses, Paul mentions this phrase three times, come together, come together, come together. Three times he says that, come together. The original word for that phrase, come together, is, uh, I, I, I won't try to say it in the Greek, but it's the same root word that we get the word synergy from. So he's saying when you synergy or when you synergize, and, and I think all of us are familiar enough with synergy to know synergy is what is created when two things come together to form something greater than any one uh, than either one of them on their own. The, 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 the whole or the total is greater than the sum of the parts, right? So he's saying you're coming together and there's something greater that is happening. And I, I really believe that's important for us. Because we need to remember how important it is to do this. How important it is to get together. And I know that we've been in a season where we've had to learn to get together in ways that we've never learned how to do it before. We've learned how to get together on Zoom. We've learned how to get together outside. We've learned how to get together in all sorts of ways and environments. But I really want to encourage us today as a church Don't give up on getting together. Don't give up on coming together. Paul's saying there's something that happens when you're together. And that's part of the reason I'm so excited for us to have a a building of our own. A place that we can come together, not just bi-weekly and not even just weekly on Sundays, but a place that we can get together daily. That's the New Testament model. They met together daily. And so I'm dreaming of this space that we're going to be in that's going to be a beautiful space, but not just a beautiful space, but a place where God is among us, a place where we can get together on a, maybe there's a Monday mom's meetup, and there's a Tuesday teaching and training and Bible studies, and maybe Wednesday night there's youth ministry and house churches that meet in the cafe and on the front porch and in the backyard, and around the place. Thank you, Joel. I'm getting excited. I'm hoping somebody else feels it too. But I'm so excited about that, not because it's about the building, but it's about what God does in us when we get together. And Paul is saying this, I want you to recognize and remember the importance of gathering. And he's being very specific, not just getting together in the same room. He's actually talking about a certain type of gathering. And uh, it's a gathering like this, he, notice when he's talking about gathering, he's not talking about when you come together, make sure um, you know, the, the lights are right, make sure you've got a, the, the perfect venue. He, he's actually talking about food, and he's talking specifically about the Lord's Supper, and he's reminding everybody the importance of having the Lord's Supper together. And I, I want to encourage us as a church, and I'm going to give a quick encouragement because we're going to receive communion and pray together, and I'd love for us to do that family style. But, but there is something that happens in the gathering. There's something that God does. And, and in this environment where we sit together around the table, and I think Paul is saying, don't forget the table. Don't forget to get together. Yes, get together in house churches and also get together in large gatherings. So I'm going to give you three things that I believe the table teaches us when we get together in this environment. Three things I think the table teaches us. Number one, I think Paul would want us to know that the table—the table—is teaching us that we need to receive life. We need to receive life. Now, there's some incredible-looking food back there that uh, we have all partaken of. But you know, when you eat food, you're not just eating food; you're actually receiving life. You know that you're receiving life when you eat that food. Uh, I I don't understand it. Some of you that may be more medically aware than I am understand how all of this works, but you are actually taking the energy and the life of whatever the organism was, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's an egg or chicken or beef or whether it's a, a leaf of kale, you're receiving that. That was for you, Joel. You're receiving that into yourself. And in order for us to have life, it means that another must have given their life. And I want us to remember that, that even as we receive communion this morning, we are remembering Jesus gave his life so that we can receive life, so that we can uh, take the life that was in Jesus and, and receive it into ourselves. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for that because I know sometimes I need nourishment. I need physical nourishment. Uh, some of you may be like my wife. She forgets to eat. I'm not like that. I don't forget to eat. I go to bed excited about breakfast the next morning and, and because I need nourishment. And the same is true spiritually. We need the nourishment of Jesus when we're in this environment. He says this, uh, He, Paul says, he repeats the words of Jesus. He says, take, eat, this is my body. This is my blood, which was shed for you. And as we receive communion this morning, I know it's not the normal, pensive, quiet, contemplative environment that we can often be used to around communion. But how many of you know, you don't need the the life of God, just when you can have a quiet moment. We need to learn how to receive the life of God in the midst of real life. And so what Paul is saying is, remember this body, this this bread is the body of Jesus. This blood is the blood of Jesus. Communion is not just kind of a ceremonial snack time it's not just the tradition that we do. There is something spiritual that happens in the receiving of communion. Now, I don't understand it, but I don't understand how the food on that plate becomes energy in my body, but I feel it and I need it. And the same is true for us. We need the nourishment of the life of Jesus. I don't know there's even, you know, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ that would believe that the bread and the cup and the juice or the wine actually turns into the body and blood of Jesus. And, you know, the Bible doesn't say that, but I do think we can miss out on the spiritual reality of what God wants to do for us through receiving communion, through eating at the Lord's table in the context of community, especially. So number one, we need to receive life. The second thing is this, that we belong to a family We belong to a family. Look around this room right now. I know we've got some guests in here today. I met Jim this morning, and uh, Jim, you look like we could be family. He is family, a brother in Christ. But we are family. All of us in Christ are family. And Paul goes on to say this, and you can I'd encourage you to read this passage this week, but as Paul is talking about communion, as he's talking about the Lord's Supper, he says this, he says, he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, when I was growing up, I heard and thought that, not, that, that eating in an unworthy manner meant that you had not uh, asked God to forgive you of all of your sins. Has anybody heard that before? Like, you better make sure you have repented of your sin because if you eat that bread and drink that juice and you've not repented of all of your sin, you're eating in an unworthy manner and people are dying for that. Did anybody ever? Now, that's, that, there's value in confessing our sin. There is value, but that's not what he's talking about, about the unworthy manner. What he's actually talking about, he says, you're not discerning the Lord's body. What he's saying is you're just having your own little personal snack time and you don't recognize the value of the community. And and I believe the same is true for us, that we have to recognize the value of gathering together to receive spiritual life and encouragement from one another. And that's that's what Paul is talking about. You need to get together and discern the Lord's body. He says there are some people that are even sick and dying sick and dying. Now, I know that there's a lot of causes. Of course, we live in a fallen world, and you know, in the natural, the death rate is hovering right around a 100%, right? But what he's saying is that you can actually die prematurely because you are receiving communion in an incorrect way. You're not discerning the body of Jesus. And, And I believe that that is true. When you cut, let me say it this way. When you cut yourself off of the body, you die spiritually. If you cut off your arm, how long is your arm going to live? Gruesome thought, I know. It's not going to live very long, Jason. How long would your arm live? I don't know. Good. You've not, not, you would have been a sick and twisted man if you knew the answer to that question. (laughs) Um, But we can't exist apart from the body. We we have a personal relationship with Jesus, but it's not private. It's not individual. It's communal. And that's what Paul's talking about. So, number one, we need to receive life. Number two, we belong to a family. And number three is this, that we are a part of a story. And he says this, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. He's saying you're looking back. You're looking back at what Jesus did. The death of Jesus on the cross, the, his pierced side, his pierced hands, the crown of thorns, the, 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 the back that was whipped open. You're, you're proclaiming it. You're remembering it until he comes, until he comes. And if you know the story of the Bible, the, the final scene of the Bible, the final scene of Scripture is something that looks like this, that we've been brought to a table and we are celebrating the incredible salvation. The Bible says that on that day, every tear will be wiped away. There will be no sick bodies. There will be no pain. There will be no suffering. And and even as we receive communion, we we are recognizing God's weaving a bigger story. God's writing a bigger story through our lives. And I want to encourage you today. Maybe you're in a tough spot. Maybe you've been in a painful season. Continue to allow God to write the story of your lives. And we're going to receive communion today. I know, again, it's like, you know, it's, it's real life. But if I know there's kids playing there and there's some kids around. If your kids are with you and you want them to receive communion together, you can do that. But here's what I'd love for us to do. On all of our tables, there is some bread There is some juice, unless you've already eaten it. (laughs) But I'd love for us to just take a moment. And again, this is family style. But I'd love for all of us to receive communion together. Maybe some of you today, and you can just take a moment if you need to kind of break it up or gather in however you want to do that. Maybe you need to grab some and bring it down the table. But I I want to encourage everybody to get to a place where you can have a little bit of bread and then you don't have to do the common cup method of everybody drinking out of the same cup. You can dip, okay? But we're going to take just a moment and um, as much as we can, I'd love for us to just focus in on the goodness of God. Let's all gather as much as we can. And um, some of you are getting cups. Jeff is very sanitary with some gloves. Let's take a moment now, even in the of kids and the play of family, even inwardly, just to bring our hearts before the Lord. You know, Paul says that some people are sick. There's people that are dying. There's people that Are suffering because they're not receiving communion and not discerning the Lord's body. And I want to encourage everybody if you're a follower of Jesus, let's all partake this morning. But I, I want to ask some of you, I know nobody's dead physically, but maybe this morning you feel like you're in a season of tiredness. Maybe you're in a season of spiritual weakness. Maybe you're in a season of pain and suffering. I want us to pray, and we're not going to call you the front, but if you're in a season like that, just a season of difficulty, I'd love for the people around you at your table today just to pray together. So if that's you today and you're suffering and pain, maybe pain in your body, maybe emotional pain, maybe spiritual sluggishness and tiredness, Would you just lift your hand up if that's you and just if you feel you need a touch from God today. We don't charge for prayer, it's free. Well, everybody's in a good season, a couple of us. I want to ask you just to take that bread in your hand. Linus, would you mind bringing me a little bread? Here, I can split it with you. The Bible says that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body. This is my body. This this represents the life, the nourishment, the life that I'm offering to you. And when you receive this, It's not just a biological thing. It's not just a dietary thing. It's a a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. He says, you are receiving my body, which is broken for you. So we're going to receive this today. And for those perhaps that feel you're tired, perhaps you feel weak, perhaps you're in pain in your body, even as we receive this today, let's believe that God's going to work a miracle through this today. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, for the body of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this bread that, Lord, I believe it's symbolic, but, Lord, I also believe that there is a reality that is available to us. It's the reality of your life. And, Lord, we come to you this morning, Father. Lord, we confess that sometimes we become so consumed with our physical food and we neglect our spiritual food. But Lord, today we receive this bread and by faith we receive your body, your life into our hearts, into our spirits today. God, I pray that you would touch every person that's sick. I pray, Father, you would touch every body that's weak. Lord, I pray for relationships that perhaps feel a a schism and a division. Lord, I pray God, even as we receive this same bread, Father, we thank you. We are receiving the life of Jesus. And Lord, thank you that through the life of Jesus, we are one because we eat of the same body and we drink of the same cup. And so, Lord, I pray that there would be a release of your spirit, release of your power. Come, Holy Spirit, today. Release nourishment into our hearts today. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's eat this bread together. Bible says that, in the same way Jesus took the cup, and uh, you may have a cup. Some of you think you you're fast thinking, got some cups, or maybe you just all. Some of you have dipped your bread. I'm sorry, I'm giving bad instructions here, but however you do it, here's the point: do it, okay? But let's pray. And maybe you've already had the the bread and the the juice, but let's pray as we receive. This juice as well. Father, thank you for your blood that was shed upon the cross. Thank you, Father, that our sin is forgiven. God, thank you, Jesus, that you have paid the price for all of our sin, past, present, and future. God, even the sin that we have committed against you, God, and the sin that we've committed against one another. God, we thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness that there is through your body, through your blood. And Lord, as we receive this juice today, Father, we receive again the grace of God, the grace of God that covers our sin. So we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. If you're if you have not drank yet, you can already you can drink now. Amen, Amen. Why don't we all stand up to our feet and.